You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Relax, son. Enjoy every moment. You fight, then eat good food, then drink fine wine, then sleep with beautiful women. Hell, you fight, and then you listen to Fandle's podcast. The pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans. <laughs> that is what it means to live. I am not like you, but I will listen to Fandle's podcast to fuel my rage. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Fan Holes Podcast. And we've got a very awesome show for you tonight. Two topics that I'm looking forward to talking about very much. But first up, this is Derek, Derek WC, your host. And I am joined tonight by two of my fellow Fan Holes. Why don't you give a shout out, guys? Bro, is Mike, bro. Hey, this is Tony Chainclaw, and I'm sorry, Bobby. I wish I could hear you, but I blew out my ears when I bit down on that hypersonic arrow tip. <laughs> I'd just like to say that there's always some fool who wants to rule the world. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully that gives you some hints to what we're discussing tonight. First up, we're going to be talking about the new Hawkeye series from Marvel Comics. I guess we, we could label it the Marvel Now Hawkeye, but I guess it was going a little bit earlier before they branded everything Marvel Now. And then uh, second up, in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about some stuff in the realm of video games, and we're going to be talking about Capcom's Asura's Wrath, and that's something that Mike recommended to us a long time ago, and I'm very grateful that he did. Always on the mark. So, I guess just to start off, we'll go into the uh, Marvel series Hawkeye. This is a series by written by Matt Fraction, with uh, the, the normal artist is uh, David Aja, and then there's some fill-in artists here and there, and it mainly deals with the off-hours activities of Clint Barton when he's not avenging or being an Avenger, I guess, and uh, his his sidekick, his jailbait sidekick, Kate Bishop, and uh, yeah, so let's let's talk about Hawkeye. I mean, I, it seems like this is a series that has gotten a great deal of critical praise 
And it seems to be a series that, you know, people who are, you know, not necessarily fans of even Hawkeye or Marvel Comics can enjoy. I mean, is that is that something that's kind of refreshing for you, Mike, having stuck with a bunch of different Hawkeye series throughout the years? Yeah, I was like, wow, this Hawkeye series like might last past, like, you know, 12 issues, and it has. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I have to say, I mean, you know, I've got a couple nitpicks here and there, but for the most part, like, it, it actually took me a while, because I knew you guys were reading it for a long time and kind of talking it up and how good it was. And, uh, you know, sad to say, like, I, I didn't, like, jump into it right when you guys started talking about it. But, uh, you know, in addition to yourselves, like, you know, over on uh, the Fire and Water podcast, like every once in a while, the Irredeemable Shag would kind of mention, hey, this Hawkeye book's pretty damn good, you know, and and I've been reading on other, you know, message boards and different, you know, comic book websites and stuff. Everybody keeps talking about Hawkeye. So, you know, when I finally did read it, you know, it was it was very, very enjoyable. I mean, it's very entertaining. Um, I, I think it kind of feels like, I want to say, like, a, it has that kind of, uh, you know, uh, Robert Kirkman vibe to it. I mean, I guess, you know, some of the past work that I've read from Matt Fraction hasn't been the greatest, to be honest. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I know we kind of ragged on Fear itself, and, you know, maybe that's not fair because it's a big, giant crossover event. But if I recall correctly, was not the uh, the, the Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man annual with the Mandarin, was that not Matt Fraction as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and and I remember not exactly like kind of warming up to that. Like I really annual. hated that annual. You know, yeah. like I mean, I I didn't think it was. You know, I mean, I know I know you despise it kind of, and it's like I just was kind of like I thought it was weird. You know, like I wasn't I wasn't quite. I don't know, like, I guess, you know, maybe I read comics to escape a lot, and I think there was uh, a lot less escapism in that, you know, portrayal of the Mandarin and so on and so forth. Kim Jong Mandarin, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect, you know, but I have to say for the most part, like, this is, this is a very, very entertaining series. Um, it's got a lot of little nice nods and fun stuff to, you know, classic Hawkeye stuff, I think. You know, in my opinion, I mean, I, I don't know, like, you, you could tell me more, you know, of, of what lines up and what doesn't. But, you know, like, I appreciated, like, even the, the art touches, you know, where they, they had that, like, day in a life of Hawkeye, where they had the, the reference to the uh, Avengers arcade game, you know. And yeah, these, that like, was Wolverine great, yeah. And Spider-Man and, and Hawkeye gets nailed and, and that kind of stuff, which is, is pretty funny. And, um you know, I, the other stuff that, of course, you know, you've already kind of gone into is all the bro stuff, you know, and I, I kind of think the bros are kind of like, like the mutants of Dark Knight Returns, like they're going to be remembered just because of, like, the, the way they talk, yeah, the yeah. way they talk, their slang, their speech, and, and also just the idea that it's kind of funny, because I was actually looking it up, because I was like, I wasn't sure, I'm like, because uh, at one point, you know, the kingpin's there with you know, all the kind of, you know, Marvel's deadliest members of, of the criminal underworld, I guess. And and so the bros are there as well. And and Kingpin mentions it. He says, uh, you know, it's it's little Urkusk or whatever. And I'm kind of like, is that a real fucking Russian, like, place? You know? <laughs> and, and so I looked it up, and I'm like, well, Urkusk, I guess I'm saying that right, is is actually a city in Russia. I don't know if there's a little version of it in America for real, 
like for really reals. I don't know, maybe somebody could tell us and, and uh, write in or whatever. But, you know, that that's the kind of stuff I wouldn't expect to find on the Internet. It's not like they're going to tell you like, oh, yes, little Armenia is located between this street and this street. You just kind of have to live there to know kind of where it is and where it starts and where it ends. And just based on, you know, you know, who inhabits the neighborhood and, and all that kind of stuff. But I was I was kind of surprised that that was actually a real you know a real russian city but um you know like that that whole group of guys like it just you know it's like you in big trouble bro like all that <laughs> kind of stuff like cracks bro me up. seriously bro seriously like, I, I i like i think my favorite part that made me laugh the most is you know he he meets hawkeye meets that new girlfriend of his uh cherry or whatever you know that's i guess her her code name or what have you right but um I like how the the one head of that bro family, you know, that, that I guess he was married to Cherry at some point or whatever. I like how they even call the girls bro. Like, it's just, I don't know what that is, but it's just, it's like, it's like, that's the epitome of not understanding slang, but adapting it anyway, you know, to try and fit in to, to culture or whatever. Like, I don't know, it just cracks me up where it's like, it's a girl, dude. It's a girl. It's like, bro, you be making mistake, bro. And you're kind of like, it's a girl. You know, so it's funny. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think one thing that's really nice about the series is, like, Hawkeye is a really established, well-known character in the Marvel Universe. And, and I, mean, I, I don't know how familiar people who listen to our podcast are with him, and I'm sure there's people who know him very well as well as Mike. In case you haven't learned by now, Hawkeye is one of Mike's favorite characters. Um, but I like the fact that they keep it kind of small. I mean, like, the stories do have, like, impact. I mean, there are some, you know, impressive players. But they didn't just, like, go bullshit crazy with it and be like, you know, this issue, Hawkeye fights Galactus. I like that they yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, no, he's he's definitely, I mean, yeah, there's there's the espionage and the high stakes and everything, but it's definitely a street level book. It's it's more of a, you know, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Spider-Man, Punisher type book in terms of of the stakes and and how how far it escalates into kind of, I guess, fantasy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like like the the one you're talking about is like, you know, like Madam Mask is there, you know, and yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like she's she's a big character as far as, like, Iron Man goes, but, but, like, you know, she's not, like, huge, you know, super important, but she's big enough that she lends, like, a little bit of, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She adds the, that right kind of menace, you know, you're like, ooh, yeah, well, I mean, all yeah. these characters, like, especially the Kingpin, you know, and all those members of the underworld, they lend a, a great deal of gravitas to the situation. You're like, when, when you see a room full of guys and it's Kingpin and Tombstone and, uh, you know, Madam Mask and uh, Mr. Negative and all these different yeah. guys as part of the, the, the Marvel underworld, you know, if you if you've been keeping up with, you know, Marvel books over the years, you kind of know this is a, a who's who of, of you know, bad motherfuckers, basically. You know? Yeah, and but, but they're like, all criminals. They're not like, yeah, you know, galactic yeah. threats, yeah. you know I mean? Right, I mean, they're, right. they're, they're badasses as far as the, the you know, the Earth go. I was going to ask Mike, because, again, he is, you know, a huge Hawkeye fan. Um, do you like the fact that, uh, you know, Kate's with him and stuff? I, I thought that was really cool, because, you know, obviously... In Young Avengers, she was, you know, I forgot her code name, but she was she was female Hawkeye. That was her her role. So I was wondering if you liked her inclusion. Yeah. I thought she was good. 
I like like uh, I read like the first <laughs> like the first Young Avengers series and like I, I thought they were okay and stuff, but like her and like basically like her and Cassie Lang were the ones I keyed in on because obviously like I like Hawkeye and I like Ant Man, so they were like my my uh, like you know the people I hang hung on to, and so I was glad she like like I, I like her as a character and like I was glad like I was. Uh, like, I was kind of, there, there was a issue of, like, Young Avengers Presents or something, where they had, like, a mini-series where, also written by Matt Fraction, where, like, when he was, like, when Hawkeye was, like, still Ronin, where he kind of meets up with Kate Bishop for the first time, and, like, he, like, he basically, like, judges her and sees, like, well, who's this, like, chick that Cap gave my name to, and he kind of, like, they end up, like, being friends and stuff, so I was like, well, I'd like that followed up on, so, obviously, when he finally got this series, you know, he he decided to like make it a regular thing, and I think it works like really well. I, I like the fact that they they don't really go for the easy out. I mean, because it would be kind of creepy because she is obviously younger. But I'm glad they don't go for like you know the ooh sexual tension. It's 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 more like a Robin and Batman thing. Yeah. Well, what Matt Fraction said, he was like, I mean, do you ever think about Wolverine like sleeping with Jubilee or like Kitty <laughs> Pride? So he was like, so like there's no reason that should like enter into it basically. So, but like I like how like Clint brings it up anyway, where he's like, she's like, why do you need me like around and. Like Clint's trying to list all these reasons, and he's like, "Cause you're someone I don't want to sleep with." Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, because Clint has had more than a few uh, female, yeah. uh, shall we say, companions <laughs> over the years. Well, yeah, the 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 best part is like in some of the more recent issues. I think it was like nine and ten. You know, you've got his his ex girlfriends issue where it's yeah, like it's everybody's there, and I, I thought it was the funniest shit where you know. Uh, the art, you know, by Aja, David Aja, you know, they, they have them all listed in order. So it's like Natasha has the ace and, and yeah. uh, Bobby's got the two and, you know, uh, Jessica, stupid poopy head Drew has the three, you know, and it's like, it's just kind of awesome because you're like, oh, ex-girlfriend one, ex-girlfriend two, ex-girlfriend three. I mean, even if you don't know anything about continuity, it's like this nice little visual kind of thing. Well, everybody knows fucking cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like everybody's clued in like right away, you know, like, and oh, this other girl's making out with Hawkeye right in front of them, you know, so it's awkward, you know, so. Yeah, for for long-time listeners, just in case you're not aware of Hawkeye's history, when he first arrived on the scene, he was actually a villain, and he was working with uh, the Black Widow when she was a villain, and there was definitely, if not implied, almost overtly, like, shown that they, you know, she had more than just a business interest in him, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, back when Hawkeye dressed even worse than he did in the picture I'm using tonight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, um, I, I mean, and either one of you can answer this because you've read more issues than I. I, I. Like I said, I read the first three. Do you like the fact that like they actually, unlike previous Hawkeye endeavors, where they've been mostly miniseries or like solo Avengers, which Derek is a fan of, like, do you like the fact that they're like trying to give those legs where? You know, it kind of keeps going. There's like always like you know an underlying like kind of subplot that's like you know not just like okay Hawkeye did this and blah we can end it tomorrow. It's like if it ends now, you know you're gonna be like what the fuck? There's like so much shit going on. So is it good that they've finally like <clears throat> kind of found like a good ground with Hawkeye to where they're not just gonna be like, oh, Hawkeye's popular, let's give him a book, okay, let's cancel it, and they're actually trying to build kind of a small universe for him? 
It was okay. I mean, like, I really enjoyed, like, the previous Hawkeye, like, series by Jim McCann, uh, the, the Hawkeye and Mockingbird series, and then, like, he had a couple other, like, mini-series in between that, like, uh, Blind Spot and stuff. I mean, I liked those, and those were more, like, traditional, like, superhero Hawkeye stories, but, like, this is, like, I guess, I guess the reason this series is so, like, like, popular and critically acclaimed and, like, you know, like, latches on as it's like i don't know it's it's uh i hate to bust out this term but like it's i guess it's like skirting the edges of avant-garde or something you know i i don't know it just seems really like cutting edge and it seems like hip and stuff so i i, well, I, I don't think, know I, I think the art definitely tries to use make full use of the medium in which it takes place in i mean you 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 could literally have you know, an ace of clubs on Natasha's forehead in a movie, but there's there's something about it in in the comics where it works better. Or like the you know, we I guess we we should really bring up you know Lucky the Pizza Dog Arrow right away. But like <laughs> he has his own solo issue in number eleven, and the way that you see the Hawkeye story through the eyes of his pet is is done in such an artistic way that you know it it, it makes use of of the medium of comics you know it, you know yeah. there and even the way the writing is done i mean you know there I, I, there are things that i could be critical of but but it's it, it's well written and and it it um yeah i, I guess another well, I example like- I really liked in well, like oh, go ahead. Say no, I, I was just gonna say another example is where they sort of use the parentheses to express you know ideas when and it's centralized on the character. So instead of it being you know a guy talking in Russian or a guy talking in French, you know basically it, it's the word balloon of the ringmaster, but then in parentheses it says some French crap, you know, and it's like Kate Bishop's <laughs> thought bubble almost, but you know, through her eyes, you kind of are reading, you know, how she hears what Ringmaster is saying, you know, and you're but just like, like, like oh. if you're really there, it would be to you, that's some French crap. I don't know French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on who you are, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I really, like you were saying how, like, the art really, like, helps, like, or the, the comic really utilizes the medium. Like, I really liked in the Lucky issue where, like, Lucky runs into uh, Barney Barton, like his, like Clint's brother, but like you, you wouldn't know who he was unless you're like you know an astute like fan or whatever. But like through like Lucky's eyes, it like shows a picture of Clint, and then it says like equals, and it shows a picture of Barney. But then there's, there's like a slash through the equals. Like it was like, wait, this guy is kind of similar to Clint, but he's not Clint. What's the deal here? So like uh, I thought that was a really nice touch and stuff like that. But they're not equal, yeah. I think one thing that's really also nice as well is, well, while there is, you know, a couple of moments, like, Hawkeye really is in costume a lot in this series. I don't think, he's only been in costume, like, in two issues, I think. Like, in the very first issue, and then, like, in that, yeah, that Christmas issue, like, briefly, when they did the Avengers, like, arcade game parody, but... Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it got more later on, but like I read, like I said, I read the first three issues, and I saw Solomon Cosby the first issue, and like the rest of the time, he's he he is Hawkeye. People know he's Hawkeye, you know, like you know, like Kate, you know, is you know, apprentice or mentoring, you know, study stuff. But he he's mainly Clint in these issues, you know, it's kind of cool. 
people. I was going to say, like, um, I guess, well, speaking of, like, I mentioned, like, the previous Hawkeye series, like, I really like, like, if I had to pick, like, some love interest for, like, Hawkeye, like, I, o- I always go with Mockingbird. Like, I mean, I'll joke with Justin sometimes. I'll be like, yeah, Hawkeye's going to get with Black Widow again. And uh, Justin will be all like, no, she's for Bucky. No, you know. <laughs> but like, If it helps, I read a lot of Avengers West Coast and the Hawkeye miniseries from the 80s. So, yeah, I have love for uh, Bobby. She- she's pretty cool. Yeah, so, but, like, I'd, I'll always pick her as, like, my favorite, like, Hawkeye girlfriend or whatever, but, like, I guess, like, it seems like the, the Hawkeye and Mockingbird series, like, Jim McCann was, like, forced to split them up because, like, Bendis was like, well, no, I'm gonna have Hawkeye with Spider-Woman or whatever, and, like, you know, and Joe Quesada was probably like, well, you heard Bendis, Jim McCann, we have no choice but to do what he says, you know? Yeah, because Bendis has but, his fucking heart on for Goddamn Spider Woman, jeez. Yeah, but I I do appreciate the fact that like this like this series fraction has taken the opportunity to make like that the Spider Woman Hawkeye relationship look very not like serious or anything. Like, <laughs> it's like she's got big boobs, so I slept with her. Okay, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, I know. I'm done. Like yeah. she shows up at his apartment. And she's like, "You were sleeping around on me," and. Clint's kind of like, well, yeah, I thought we were just having some fun, babe. <laughs> you know, I just, I just wish there would be like twenty more Bendis written Avengers issues where Cap and Tony could be like, so this is not a thing anymore. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, is this a thing? Yeah, this is not a thing. Okay, then. I'd, I can't help but wonder, like now, like this, we've got this Infinity event, and like Hawkeye's up in space now with like the Avengers. Like, I wonder how that's going to cut in. You know, hopefully, it won't at all. But like, you know, into the book. But um, I was, I was going to ask you, Mike, uh, if he's shown up, or if any of these people have shown up since I, again, am a little bit behind you guys. Like, are you are you hoping like they may like you know do a trick shot thing, or maybe even you know like. Well, what do you call um mention his original his original mentor that they retcon like swordsman like you know not like show swordsman or trick shot but like you know kind of at least uh, do a reference or something like that. Trick shot died uh, in yeah. I'm saying yeah. Would you like would you know, blind spot like the the previous miniseries? But like Barney Barton, like his brother came back to life and he's trick shot now, and he just showed up in the most recent issue. Like, but. Like they they were kind of like enemies, but this re- more recent issue, it, I think it was more of a like a nicer take on Barney Barton, where he was just kind of like, you know, dude, I need a place to crash, you know. And Clint's just kind of like, well, of course, man, you're my brother. I mean, so we've tried to kill each other. You who know, hasn't? Times. Yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> yeah, you know. But we're bros, bro. Yeah, but we're bros, man. You know. Yeah, but, um, I, I, it would be nice if they, uh, and if they have again, like I said, I am behind. It would be nice if they kind of, like, showed, like, some of uh, Hawkeye's, like, other friends besides Kate Bishop. Like, because uh, Hawkeye's always had a very, even, like, bef- like after they were, you know, antagonists, you know, uh, in the uh, original Iron Man comics. It'd be nice if, like, because, like, Tony and, like, Clint have always had kind of a weird history because... There's sometimes where they're totally fine. There's sometimes where Clint's just like. I really liked uh, speaking of Tony. Then, well, you, you probably you didn't reach this part, but like in the Christmas issue, he like gets a DVR and he has to call like Tony Stark over to like help him set it up. But yeah, it's like, like he, it's like he's trying to like unhook all his old connections. It reminds me of like <laughs> I totally how my related old related to that. Yeah, it reminded was, me of like how my old like 
entertainment setup was was situated and everything like but it's funny how like he's kind of he's kind of at woefully out of date where you know tony stark's just kind of like come on man let's just let's just go to best buy and i'll buy you a whole new fucking setup like we can't worry about this shit right now you know and but I, yeah, I, I like i mentioned it, like, yeah yeah clint's like i'm just gonna cut all the like one of this wire these wires and tony starts like they're just tangled man just untangle them and, like, Clint, like, just cuts them all free, and he's like, oh, that might have been a bad idea. And then he's like, man, I wish Dr. Druid was still alive. That dude knew his HDMI hookups. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And that's what I like about Clint. He's such yeah. an everyman. He's not like, I mean, he's, he's he's really good at shooting arrows, and he's, like, very athletic, but he doesn't put on airs. He's not a, a character who's like, you know, I, I am awesome because I shoot arrows. Well, one one thing that I demand of Marvel Comics is that if they ever do another Pet Avengers miniseries, <laughs> that Pizza Dog must be included as a member of yeah. the Pet Avengers. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give props. Yeah, to Pizza Dog. I, Pizza I love Dog's him. awesome. Yeah, not not only like was he his original name was Arrow, and then like Clint's like ah, I'll give you a better name, and then uh, he, they, he names him Lucky, which was the name of my first dog. So I'm like, oh man, this is like totally written for me. Like, Do you think the Arrow might have been a slight jab at like the Arrow TV show? No, it was just what do you call it? It was, it was just like a kind of funny thing, like. Okay. To, it was well, just a one-off gag where he's like, "What's this dog's name?" And they're like, "Arrow." And like, there's a panel of Clint, yeah, panel of Clint looking. Eh, I'll give you a better name. <laughs> yeah, because like that's like one of the ongoing like fandom things is like Clint always gets compared to Ollie, and it's just like you know, one's the the purple archer, one's the green archer. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you mentioned like swordsman earlier. Uh, me and Justin were actually like talking about this. They do introduce like a new swordsman in like the third or fourth issue, and like I guess like Fraction said he'll show up again and he might be like a main like bad guy. But like me and Justin were talking, like we don't actually know if the original swordsman is still alive because of Dead Avengers. Like he, he didn't like fade yeah, away. It's, it's kind of indescript. <laughs> like they kind of walk off into the sunset, and you're like, so are they still alive or what? Yeah, the last time I saw fucking Swordsman was during that whole, uh, uh, oh, what was his damn fucking name? Oh, God. The Crossing? I don't know. I, 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 it might have been that. Uh, or no, the Proctor. Or? Proctor, yeah. Fucking Proctor, yeah, where Swordsman was always like, you know, I will kill the Avengers because I have Avengers, and they go back to the ship, and he's like, oh, the pain, I'm in pain. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the last time I saw Swordsman. I don't even know if that was the actual real Swordsman, so I had to read some Dead Avengers. But I, I, yeah, I just I just thought it'd be kind of cool because I always found that kind of interesting how Marvel retconned that. They're like Hawkeye, the guy who shoots arrows, was trained by Swordsman, the guy with swords, and then they were like Solo Avengers. Sorry, he was actually trained by Trick Shot. <laughs> I do I do like. Yeah, I do like, like, in the Hawkeye and Mockingbird series, like, Jim McCann, like, sort of, like, said, like, uh, kind of, like, made sense of Hawkeye being Ronin, where he was like, oh, you know, I use swords, like, now, because, you know, I was trained by the swordsmen, you know, and what do you call it? I was like, oh, well, that's a nice bit of, like, sort of continuity massaging, I guess, but... Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, but, yeah, like I said, I don't know as much as you guys have. I have to read more. And I'll, I'll let you guys wrap up whatever you want to talk about. Well, I will say this. The first three issues I did read, um, I think Swordman does come in 
the fourth one because I don't remember seeing him in the third. I could be wrong because I read them like actually a while ago, actually. Um, but I, I I like it. I think it's a really good comic. Um, Hawkeye actually is the star, and I think one of the biggest problems with some of his past series it depends on which series. There's been some where he's he's actually risen to be a star. But in this one, it's Hawkeye. You know, he he's the fucking star, and I really like the fact that they give him a lot of uh, depth and a lot of character in this one. Which sometimes in some miniseries they didn't really do that so much. I speaking of like that topic, I guess of Hawkeye being the star. Derek, did you read the annual? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Do you? So that, do you? What What do you think of Kate Bishop? Um, I was just gonna say, as far as Kate Bishop goes. I, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of Young Avengers. I mean, I've read the original Young Avengers miniseries, and I read the Children's Crusade, and they're well-written books. I don't think any of the characters ever specifically stood out to me, but I, I really do enjoy Kate Bishop in this this title, especially how they kind of, you know, have her go off on her own. I mean, some of it's a little... I don't know, like, like the whole idea that, like, it's like, okay, she's rich and she's spoiled and she's Paris Hilton with the skill of, the, like, one of the greatest archers ever. I'm like, okay, like, there, there's some bits of it where I, I felt like the end of that annual where she gives the, uh, the two kind of hippies the spiel so she can watch their house and pet, like, house sit for them. Like, that felt a little heartfelt. <laughs> But when she used it again on the guy to, like, short him the 80 bucks on her arrow at the sporting goods store, or, or the bow and arrow or whatever, I was kind of like, <laughs> now it feels now it feels a little slimy. Like, now it feels like a, a story, you know, like not genuine, you know? So I didn't know how to feel about the way that tag ended exactly. I don't yeah, know if, I getcha. if you took it that way or not. Like, I guess it was supposed to be completely 100% positive, but after a while I was like, oh, now this is just some some snow story that she learned how to tell to get what she wants. Like, I, I don't know. Like that, that was kind of weird. The, um, the more Paris Hilton character but, came out. But yeah. on, on the plus side, like, I, I don't know if I, I think there's some, some tension or not between the two characters. I know, I know, I guess you're saying in the interview fraction said, you're not even supposed to think that. But the one thing I did like was in, in a certain sense, like, before she left to go to L.A. and everything, she seemed very steadfast and loyal to him, regardless of whether there's tension or not. Like, I kind of like the idea of where Jessica Drew comes in and she's giving him all this stuff, and she's like, I thought we had something, and I hate your guts, and yell, yell, yell. And, and she's, you know, and she's like, I'm going to tell you something, girl, like, that nobody told me, like, you should get out now before he hurts you, and you should just get out. You should go now, and all this <laughs> other stuff. And I liked how, you know, Hawkeye's kind of, like, apologetic for her being angry because he knows he kind of dicked her over but then it's funny how kate's just kind of like what a bitch you know and i just kind of <laughs> yeah. i just kind of like that she she took his side like without even really thinking about it like i kind of like that about her where i was like oh yeah. like that's kind of cool like there's no you know th this whole thing of you know bros before hoes or or, or girls, I don't know what the girl version of it is, but you know what i mean it's like just just because they're the same sex she doesn't automatically sort of side with Jessica Drew like I kind of I kind of like that I was like hey that's kind of cool that she yeah she's she's on his side um I, I was just gonna I was gonna ask you actually Mike like maybe some harder questions but um I uh, you know this is the, I'm not gonna get too negative because I do think it's a great book and I really have enjoyed reading it but I do have 
our friend Thum in my head when I'm reading this book because I, I've heard on Thum's podcast a couple of times he's mentioned this, and it's probably because he was an EMT at some point. I'm thinking, you know, so he might know a little bit more about this than than your average Joe schmo. But you know, whenever he sees a scene in comic books or movies where a guy gets knocked out to the point where he blacks out. He, he's mentioned this on his podcast where it always like irritates him and it freaks him out because he's like, if you're, if you're that hurt that, that you're going to black out like that, like you probably need hospital attention is what basically his point is. Yeah. And in a lot of, you know, fantasy and whatever, you know, people get knocked out all the time and it's no big deal. But for me, like for some reason, I always, I always am reminded of Thum when I'm reading this title because invariably, like if you played a drinking game, with how many times Clint Barton gets knocked the fuck out in this title, like <laughs> yeah. you would be shit faced, like by the end yeah. of it, because it's like it's like there's so many scenes where you know all the the tracksuit bros gang up on him, or like all this stuff goes down, and he's always always getting knocked out. So I was just curious, like is that something that like you totally don't even think about, like it doesn't matter to you, or it's like a Kenny thing where you're like, hey, Hawkeye got knocked out again. Woo, yeah, sometimes I'm kind of like you know, wow, like like even in the very very first issue where he like he like takes a header off a skyscraper yeah, yeah. and lands on a car and then like you know the doctor's like you know you split your spleen open you know broken leg blah 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 and Clint's just kind of like well I thought you said I was hurt doctor you yeah, know? yeah 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 it's like, like I'm like he's not really Wolverine or anything yeah I mean, well it's but, like it's like that Batman shit you know in, in Court of the Owls where you're like fuck dude he got fucking stabbed through the fucking you know stomach and kidney but like the next issue it's like um hanging off the side of a fucking plane engine. I'm cool, you know, like, so. I think I'm okay with it. Like, I think he, like, you know, Hawkeye always strikes me as the guy who, like, takes his lumps and then he wins in the end and stuff. And, you know, like, it's kind of, like, I, it's kind of like like an anti, anti, like, Batman prep time, like, or, like, I know everything ever thing. Like, I like when, when the, 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 when he gets kidnapped and they put a bag over his head and he's like, uh, oh, like, you know, I can I can feel the car, like, doubling back. Like, I, I they're trying to trick me, but, you know, I know where they're taking me. And then, like, he's like, two hours later, they finally, like, confuse me enough to where I don't know where the hell I am. Like, so, but, like, I, I, like, I like stuff like that, but... The other thing I was going to ask is, what's your take on uh, Kazimierz, who I guess they're trying to set up as Hawkeye's new... Big bad. I mean, I don't want to spoil stuff for, you know, folks like Tony who hasn't read, you know, some of the later issues or even people who might be listening to this that, uh, you know, either haven't caught up or maybe, you know, they haven't tried this out or whatever. But I guess going back to the whole Kirkman-esque writing style, you know, there there are some really wham-pow, you know, violent moments that just are, you know, you turn around the corner and you're kind of like, yeah, I'm listening to my song and everything's great and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, wham, violence, you know? And, uh, I think, yeah. uh, you know, he's definitely a proponent of that character. So I was just curious, like, do you think he's going to be like the new bullseye for Hawkeye or, or are you just kind of like, are you impressed with them? Or do you think he's one of these kind of new young upstart villains where you're like, he's got some stuff to prove to me before I, I put him in the pantheon of great Hawkeye villains or whatever. I, I will say this before Mike actually gives a legitimate answer. He can't be any worse than cross, uh, crossfire. who couldn't even fucking pull a bowstring. 
<laughs> I love that part. Like in, in Hawkeye's original like mini series when he beats Cross Eye by making him try to take a shot with his bow and <laughs> Cross Eye, I mean Cross Eye, <laughs> Crossfire, uh, he can't do it and he just like shoots the arrow and it lands right <laughs> in front of him and blows up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think Crossfire is okay. Like he, like Jim McCann was trying to set him up as Clint's like arch nemesis and Hawkeye and Mockingbird, so he was kind of okay there. But uh, but in answer to Derek's question, um. I was like the first time I read that first issue, I was kind of like, well, I, I guess even getting before that, and I guess like you know when when the, I guess the guy fraction, I don't know uh, if he's mentioned this in the comics yet, but since like you know the internet is canon or whatever, I guess fraction said that guy's called the clown or whatever, like, but yeah, oh, they, that's, they, his, that's his villain name. That's his super villain name, I okay, guess. Okay, is it like super 90s K-L-O-W-N or just clown? No, just just the clown. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, he's, at least but, that's a little bit respectable. <laughs> but, like, you know, he shows up on the last page of an issue and he kills, like, a, su- a beloved supporting cast member and I was kind of like, oh, shit, like, who's this guy? And at first I thought, like, maybe oh, maybe is this the swordsman again? Like, the new swordsman? Like, and now he's, like, wearing face paint and he's using guns or whatever, but, like, then, like, the ne- the next issue, like, is a whole, like, yeah, Kazi origin story, and I, I was kind of like, man, isn't this, like, at the first time I read it, I was kind of like, this, isn't this, like, series called Hawkeye? Like, you know, Kate it kind of reminded Hawkeye. me of, like, it took, like, a detour where it, it reminded, it kind of felt like I was, I was reading the Death Note <laughs> manga or something for an issue, because <laughs> of all his, his kind of torrid backstory and, and all this kind of like hideous kind of you know upbringing and 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 the kind of getting into the psyche of a of a killer I guess where I was like yeah. oh this is it went all Death Note for an issue basically you know yeah well I haven't I read it I've read it but like I mean for a character like Hawkeye I mean do you think that would actually I mean isn't that kind of a good idea because for somebody so well established you would have to kind of establish someone who actually is worthy of fighting Hawkeye because Hawkeye is pretty badass. By the next, yeah, by the next issue and, like, the issue after that, I was glad, like, I had read that issue because, like, I was like, well, obviously he's going to come into contact with Hawkeye, like, really soon. So he's, like, kind of being built up. And, like, you know, I think people who, like, hit dogs are really, like, scummy people. And he does kind of, like, kick and hit uh, Lucky or Pizza Dog in that issue. So I was kind of like, oh, you scumbag. Like, now I want to see, like, you know, Hawkeye, like, shoot arrows into your eyes or whatever. (laughs) So yeah, like I was, I guess like the first, when I first read it, I was like, oh man. But then I was at, like afterwards, I was like glad they dedicate like Fraction dedicated an issue to like his origin and stuff. So um, I, I, guess, I guess time will tell like what he does, you know. No, the only question I guess I would have, uh, just because it just popped in my head, is this one of those kind of books where you think if Fraction leaves it or if he's like you know done with like his run, whatever it's going to flounder horribly or <clears throat> like I, I would like to think, cause like I said, I've read the first three issues. Do you think he set up a good enough groundswell that as long as the writer is talented enough? I mean, I mean, it's possible you get like a really shitty writer and it's going to go like down the tubes, but as long as the writer is talented enough, he's got enough to work with where this, this can just keep going. 
it's, I don't know, it's a very, like, stylistically, like, specific book. Like, you know, yeah, if they do bring in a new team, like, it's like, are they just going to ape Fraction and, like, Aja's, like, style, or just try to go in a new direction, or what? So, I don't know, it's really a guessing game, I guess. Well, yeah. it's, in, it's interesting you mentioned the whole ape their style thing, because I, I want to just point out that, there have been two fill-in issues for, uh, you know, the run. And obviously Matt Fraction's written all the issues, but uh, it's like there's this guy, uh, Francesco uh, Francavilla, and then another, like, Steve Lieber and Jesse Ham or Ham or whatever. Like, they were the, the fill-in artists, and I definitely say that they're, I guess yeah, the polite to. way to put it is they're, they're keeping the title consistent, but they're definitely aping uh, David yeah. Aja's style. So, and I, I don't know that 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 it's as good as uh, David Aja, but I mean they definitely tried to keep it, you know, somewhat consistent, especially if they're trying to release these kind of books in trades or yeah. whatever. I think well, I think the book would suffer more if Aja left than if Fraction left, but maybe that's just me. Well, I mean, like I know me and Mike have talked about this a couple of times, and it's actually not more than meets the eye. Don't worry. But uh, we were talking about how uh, in Regeneration One, uh, who's the new artist again? Uh, Guido Giddy. And he fucking to like channeled like Wildman and is doing better than Wildman. <laughs> yeah, he, he, like, he, he out like, Andrew draws, Wildman. Andrew yeah, Wildman. He, he draws Andrew Wildman's style better than Andrew Wildman does. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> It was right. crazy, so yeah. If he, if if like that happens, yeah, no problem there at all. So, you know that, yeah. I don't no, know. I, I, I'm just curious because, like, like I said, uh, like you know, we we uh, have often said Mike is like probably one of the biggest Hawkeye uh, fans out there. So, it, it, I mean, uh, the only thing I could say, and Mike can feel free to add his two cents, is if Mike likes this book and he enjoys it, then they're doing something right. Well, I, I was going to say, like, the nicest thing I can say is, like, before, like, this book started, like, me and Matt Fraction, I mean, we were on the outs. Like, I just, he just finished, like, Fear Itself, which I hated, and, like, I, I quit his Invincible Iron Man run because it was, like, I felt like it was going nowhere. And, like, I was like, eh, I think I'm done with Matt Fraction for a while. And then he, I heard, like, the news, oh, he's writing a Hawkeye series, and I'm like, okay, well, it's Hawkeye, so i got to give it a chance. And, like, I did, and I was like, okay, well, he's great with it. So, you know, that's the nicest thing I can say. Like, Matt Fraction, like, won his cred back with it. So Maybe he's better at, at smaller characters instead of, like, the big event shit. Yeah, it could be, you know. You never know. So I think I think that's probably a good place to end this. Uh, that uh, Matt Fraction got his groove back with Mike um, as a Hawkeye fan and just as a, a general comic reader. We are bringing salvation to Gaia. There is nothing you can do. As priestess, Mithra has dedicated herself to the salvation of our world. You should be proud. What did you say? Be proud. Of Mithra suffering! Yes, and I will say it again. Your daughter is devoted to the cause in order to save the world. Who do you think you are? God. We will now move on to our video game segment of the week, and this is also <laughs> and lots something... of screaming. Yeah, lot, lots of lots of fun stuff. 
uh, with the video game segment of the week. But uh, basically what we'll be discussing tonight in detail, I mean, I know Mike's brought it up in the past as one of his awesome things of the week. But, uh, you know, I think uh, me and Mike have both played the game. Um, I think Tony's uh, watched some uh, cutscene videos from it and and gameplay and so forth. So he's going to kind of chime in and, and let us know his thoughts as well. But uh, we're going to talk about Capcom's Osiris Wrath, which is very much, uh, I guess Mike's kind of described it this way in the past, but it's very much like you are uh, playing a, literally playing an anime, you know, on screen, you know, in in form of a video game. Uh, you know, you interact with uh, the, uh, the anime itself with a lot of quick time, you know, actions and stuff. Uh, normally, I kind of, I mean, I don't know, I guess I'm used to, like, quick time from, like, 2000 or 2002. So, like, normally, I fucking abhor quick time it's stuff. It's really you know, fucking like, smooth, it, yeah. It, it depends on, you know, it depends on, you know, what game you're playing and how it goes. But, um, you know, I was a big pussy. I played it on easy mode. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, you know, it flowed very nicely. I mean, it was never... I, I never had, you know, you know me, I talk about, like, my frustration level, you know, in terms of, of how much I enjoyed a game, and I, you know, there's, you know, pretty much zero level frustration. I mean, it's, the, the, the thing that happened to me, I guess, and I don't know if this is true of you or not, but we can talk about it, Mike, since we both played the game, is, unfortunately, I think some of my rankings, like, I don't think I got too many S rankings, I got some A rankings and stuff like that, but... I would be so engrossed and, uh, you know, enveloped in the story that sometimes I would forget to do the quick time events, you know, because I'm sitting there going, wow, this is a major plot development with Asura, and what's going to happen next with his daughter, and how's he going to fight this guy, and oh, oh, wait, I got to, like, actually play this game, you know, so it's, like, it's kind of funny sometimes, like, you you, you forget you're you're playing a game, because I, I, I don't know, I found the story very... Pure and 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 engaged. Well, if it sucks you in, that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I was gonna say, like so, sometimes they give you the hint that there's gonna be like some kind of quick quick time event coming up, like your health bar like drops down into the cutscene and stuff. But sometimes it just comes out of nowhere, and you're wait, wait, what, what, huh? You know. And, yeah, especially uh, like when you when you kind of have to like lift yourself back up or turn to the side or something. A lot of the times when you press like the. Uh, the the left you know analog stick or something like a lot of the times that'll come up out of nowhere and I'll just be like oh yeah I gotta like play this game now yeah it's kind of funny in the cutscenes like I, I thought like when I watched the cutscenes I don't have a game console uh, listener so that's why I had to do the cutscene thing but I, I was really surprised because I was like oh they're just gonna be talking oh shit some dude's playing this game like he's playing a cutscene I thought that was kind of a cool thing so. Yeah, like uh, I really liked that that whole interactive aspect, and like sometimes it was it was kind of played for like laughs and stuff, like where one of the bad guys or bosses will be talking, and like you'll get like a prompt like shut this guy up, and you know like you can either listen to him say his whole speech, or you can just like rush in and like smack him in the face and stuff. So like stuff well, like that also- really appreciated. There's also the uh, the scene with August where, you know, you're talking about playing up for laughs where, you know, they're in the hot spring and he's getting drunk and he's with the, the girls with the big hoo-hahs and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, in the same token, like, that's kind of, uh, you know, humorous and amusing. It's not like you you actually are, you know, 
playing a level per se. I mean, it's like the more you get drunk, the more your meter kind of gets fucked up or whatever, you know. So I <laughs> yeah. Was, I just kept chugging the sake and everything, you know. Oh yeah, and like yeah, everything gets cloudier and cloudier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask, like, since I I am the the cutscene whore for this uh part of the review of a game, um, since you guys have actually played it. Since it is Capcom, and Capcom is really well known for gameplay mechanics, is it like a really smooth playing game? Yeah, more or less. Once you get the, like, hang... Like, there's two different kinds of combat, basically. Like, first you have, like, these rail shooting segments where you just have to shoot down a bunch of stuff that's coming your way, like, sort of, like, Panzer Dragoon or stuff like that. And then you get, like, these fight sequences where you just have to hop around and wait for the bad guy to make a mistake and then wail on him, pretty much. And, In, like, and- final fight fighting or, like, street fighter fighting? No, it's it's kind of like I don't know how to describe it. It's like you're it's like third person you see from behind them, and no, uh, it's kind of like like the I dragon. Watch out! Yeah, kind of like it's kind of like the Dragon Ball Z fighting games, like Ra- Raging Blast, or Budokai, or whatever. Okay. But, I will I will say this. Uh, this is probably my uh, main two cents for the uh, review, since I, like I said, I had to watch the cinematics. The art style is fucking awesome because they change it up during the series like while the game is being played like you see some very cartoony cutscenes, and i mean they're not cartoony as in they're like not well detailed but it's like bold outlines very kind of cell shaded looking things and then there's like the hyper detailed like you know super cgi you know really defined looks and stuff and i really appreciate that because like when i was watching i was like Oh, uh, yeah, you know, cutscenes. I want to watch this for, like, the, the fucking review. Oh, wow, that's different. Oh, that that's different. You know, and, and, like, they even, like, have little, like, you know, little blurbs, you know. It's like, you know, this this part was done by this, you know, uh, artist and stuff. Yeah, they had those little interludes in between levels, yeah, that are, like, you know, just drawings with text and stuff. But, yeah, the, the, the art direction in the game is, like, fantastic. Like, really, like, you know very, like, great-looking, like, sort of Japanese, like, like mythical and, like, mythology-type stuff, it seems like. Yeah, it felt like, especially, like, with, with Asura and, and, you know, the, the whole big bad in the uh, secret extra hidden level, in the beginning of, of the game, when you start playing it, you feel like all these guys are like the titans or the Greek gods, you know, they're all supposed to be these these gods of different, you know, kind of uh, personas and everything like that. But, uh, you know, especially, excuse me, especially when you get to the end, you know, you've got like almost like, you know, with all the different arms and everything, I feel like, you know, it's like Osir is fighting like Vishnu almost, you know, like it, yeah. it's got a very yeah, kind of Indian like, vibe to the, the whole design. That's what I say, isn't like Osir kind of like an Indian kind of god thing with the mm-hmm. arms and the whatnot? I, I could be yeah. wrong. Yeah, it seems like like Shiva or yeah Vishnu or yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not you know very familiar with it, but but that's the kind of vibe I got from a lot of the designs and everything like that. I mean, I I think it's worth mentioning just the 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 epicness of all the battles. I mean, the you know the stuff. I I think if you're a fan of of things like you know like I guess Mike has said in the past things like Dragon Ball Z or you know even Fist of the North Star you know kind of reminds me of Robotech too with like fighting out in space and stuff yeah 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 but I mean just the idea of somebody like riding 
like shotgun on the nose of a spaceship to go like shoot something or punch somebody upside the head. Like it's just it's got like a lot of like epic mega moments where you know they've got these big huge fat stone guys that are bigger than the whole planet and you know yeah. Osra's like punching right through their fucking finger <laughs> and like you know just all kinds of like epic stuff where you're like man you know it's like that's the kind of stuff you see where you're like you know people should ape this shit more often because it's yeah. like there's some really well, it's really like cool. The fun, uh, you know, uh, choreographed in, in, fight scenes and stuff. In the, yeah, in the final stage, Asura, like, grows to the size of a planet, and then the final boss, who is basically God, like, is throwing stars and planets at him, like, as he slowly advances towards him. That, yeah. that's, that's the guy with the big circle around him, right, that I saw earlier on? You'd probably, he's, he's, what do you call, well, I forgot what they call him, like, Chaka Vodarin or whatever. Yeah, Chaka Vodarin or something. Uh, I, 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 I called him Tarantulas because he was the little, <laughs> like, he started off as the little spider. Yeah, yeah it was like um, the spider just kind of becomes like Vishnu or something, and I was like, well, oh, well, okay. I'll, I'll give you guys a quick segue because you mentioned this before we started the podcast, um, especially Derek and Mike. Like, Derek had mentioned earlier that, like, he could totally see this as an anime because the storyline is that good and the, the like I said, you know, the art. Uh, design is so solid and it's like a really good you know good flow of stuff so it's like is this a game that actually almost plays like an anime yeah I mean it's totally like the the guy Aegis like that that is Osiris mentor but also one of the gods he fights I mean that you know the, the way he purves out with the girls reminds me of Curvy Sage from Naruto, but also the way that he he is this kind of badass warrior. You know, it's like it, it just reminds me of of all kinds of different anime. But even like you know, like guys like Yasha, they've got like his rival fusion with basically it's his his wife's brother. You know, who he's got this kind of rivalry with, where whether that's you know Goku and Vegeta or you know different Gundam pilots like Amuro and Shar. There's a you whole know, lot of, you know, Yasha, Asura <laughs> in this game, yeah. You know, and then and then the guy Deus, who I guess is the big bad before you get to the evil spider Vishnu guy, you know, Deus kind of reminds me of, like, you know, evil Fist of the North Star guys, you know, in the <laughs> background and stuff. You know, all basically, like, all, all the gods. All and arrogant, and they're like, I want to kick your ass. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> Yeah, all the gods he fights. And then and then the way it, it's funny, you know, Asura, like, it's like he does have some really epic fights, but he also, kind of like Hawkeye getting knocked out every five minutes in the comic, he also gets epically fucked up beyond repair. I mean, a lot of the times in the fights, you're you're fighting armless with a sword in your mouth, you know? Like, you're, yeah. you, 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 you fight so hard, you know, all your arms shatter off and everything. And that kind of stuff, you know, reminds me totally of that, that vibe of, you know, Naruto, where he basically, you know, is constantly getting beat down. You know, it's why it's why people think Wolverine's cool in the comics, I guess, because he he gets his ass kicked all the fucking time. You know what I mean? It's it's very much like that kind of, you know, his rage, his body cannot contain his rage. You know, this pure thing where it's like, why is he so pissed off? It's like, because you made that fucking little girl cry. What the fuck's wrong with you? I'm going <laughs> to fucking blow up all of your fucking gods, you know, because you're such a dumbass, you know? Yeah, he's, so he, like, he, you know? even even with the little bit I saw, it's like he has that badass, like, you know, 
aura, kind of like your Gokus, or, you know, like, you know, you're talking about, like, with Dragon Ball Z stuff, but at the same time, he has those moments where it's like, fuck, he's getting hammered. <laughs> well, I, you I, know, another, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but the, the, okay. another comparison I could think of with Asura and Yasha is, like, the whole samurai shampoo thing, you know, where you've got, like, Mugen and Jen, and how, you know, Yasha's kind of like this prim and proper kind of guy, you know, kind of a by-the-book guy, almost, and Asura is just not. You know, he's kind of the more reckless guy, the more, you know, if, if you start talking to me, you know, and, and there's a big problem that we have to solve like it's kind of what's appealing about asura it's like how do we solve our problems i'm gonna punch you in the fucking face he's definitely more vegeta than gohan yeah 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 you know it's like it's like you know you've got some big thing to work out well i know how we'll fix it i'll fucking hit you upside the head and then you'll go away you know like so (laughs) Oh, I, I was gonna say, I, 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 like, I, I feel really badass when I have to, like, when they make you fight, like, yeah, like you said, like when he has no arms and stuff, and like, like that first time, like when he fights Yasha with no arms, like I was like, oh man, this is awesome, like just because you know Yasha's like slowly walking towards you and you just like charge at him with no arms and like he sort of like casually avoids you, but then you like sort of just headbutt him and like sent. Like send him sprawling on his ass, like I uh, like I felt like a badass, like there, like you you know you have these big epic things, but I I I think it's like cooler when he's like like broken down and stuff, and you still have to fight. Yeah. Well, like, I, I guess I, I you know not to spoil too much, but I guess you know in, in some of the big final boss battles, like it's kind of nice that yeah, just like anime where you've got your super saiyans you know your your new types you know whatever the mega super mode is you know yes asura definitely has like you know a a six-armed golden halo kind of super mode or what have you but it's also kind of nice when when you can get the character back to his basics and it's just it's asura and his two you know fists and and that's kind of you know he's gonna he's gonna solve the problem or whatever so yeah the, the um, whole game really hits like all those like awesome like anime or fighting anime tropes where like you like you've got the rival fusion you know he's he gets his like little like Gohan moment where like he goes like so crazy with rage like he enters like that black like charred like rage state you know yeah it reminded me a lot of like evil Ryu or something like that where he's yeah. so pissed off like he gets overtaken by like the evil part of the rage or whatever. I think I think what I got from like what I saw is something you guys kind of hit on before, and and I know you guys are talking about like the uh, more personal moments like with Yasha and stuff like that, which I don't even know if I got that far. I like, I watched about an hour, hour and a half of uh, the videos. It was a lot of <laughs> like stuff taken, but one of the things that was really nice is it's really hard to do epic well. But when I was watching, like, some of the more epic cutscenes where he's, like, going through, like, these giant, you know, killer space mouth squids and shit, and, <laughs> you know, he's, like, battling. It's, like, you, you get the idea, like, you know, I, there's one cutscene where, like, he's fighting some big bad. I forgot his name. And, you know, he's, like, I didn't defeat him. I, you know, he's like, his friend is, like, you know, well, you held him at bay. That's more than anybody else could have done. I mean, and... That's the thing is like you know you would think with like big explosions and fight the big bad and doing all this it's like it would be easy to do but there's so many instances of like you know movies some animes 
especially movies, uh, Michael Bay. But uh, <laughs> we're like, there's supposed to be this big epic confrontation, and you're just like, eh, that happened. But all the cinematics I saw that I, I, I was able to watch is like, you know, you get like a good feeling of like, you know, wow, this guy's not only badass, but he's like putting like, you know, a bunch of shit into this to like beat the crap out of these things. And like, you know, like I said, you know, there's that, that one cutscene where he's like, you know, like, oh, you held him at bay. You know, it's like, I like the stakes in it. The, the, the epicness is fueled by the fact that like as bad ass as uh, Sura is, he is still fighting some really big time enemies, you know? Well, I think yeah. like I, I don't know if this is a good comparison or not. I haven't really played the game in detail, but I've I've seen other people play that game Shadow of the Colossus, and it kind of reminds me a little of that, but in a more Japanese kind of like we've been describing, maybe more Indian god type atmosphere rather than you know Greek god type atmosphere. But yeah. you know there there are these gigantic, huge gods, you know, where it's like you've got this guy who's, you know, basically the size of a pinprick, you know, and, and he's, he's uh, you know, smashing through, you know, huge, gigantic fingers that are bigger than planets or tentacles that are, you know, the size of the moon or that kind of thing. Um, I, I was just wondering, do, do we want to go into, uh, I guess this might be a good question to ask, is that all the sort of extra downloadable content that you can access with this game. I mean, I guess it it, it has caused some controversy, I guess. That'd be all Mike. I don't know about that, so yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's like you you get the basic game, and you play about 18 episodes. And, you know, when you play episode 18, you know, it's kind of like you... You think this is the final battle and you're finished with the game, but there is this open-ended question mark of to be continued. And, you know, what it turns out is there's downloadable content where there are actually four more episodes. So it's, there's 22 episodes in total, not 18. Um, you know, I, I was happy to play, you know, and get the downloadable content and play the last four episodes. But I guess there were some people that were kind of missed that, you know, hey, I pay all this money for a game and you hold, you know, the ending quote unquote hostage as downloadable content. Yeah, so we, don't I know get, we don't get the good ending now. Or, or, you know, not the official, you know, I have to go and get the end, the real, the quote unquote real ending from, from the downloadable content. So there, there is that aspect of, of a fan base that was a little miffed. Um, you know, I know there's also, if, if you're not familiar with it, you know, uh, I know Mike mentioned it on, uh, on the podcast before when he mentioned some of the awesome things of the week, but there's also the, um, you know, the extra episodes with, uh, Ryu and Akuma. And, uh, you know, some of the, the tie-ins to, uh, you know, later Capcom stuff, you know, especially at the, the, the quote-unquote true ending. So, um, you know, there, there's that kind of aspect to it as well. I mean, what's your, what's your take on that, Mike? I mean, did it bug you or are you, are you fine with getting the downloadable content? Like, wh- what do you think about that? Well, I guess I'm like you where, like, you know, I didn't, like, I was, by that time, I was, like, happy to pay for it, and, like, since, like, I hadn't got, like, by the time, when I got the game, it had already been out for, like, almost a year, so it's, like, I didn't pay, like, full price for it. Yeah, either. yeah, I, so I paid like, 20 bucks for it, which is my kind of, well, you know, whatever, 19.99 on Amazon, yeah. you know, so it's, like, that's kind of my, you know, golden price point to try out a game, even if I've never heard of it, you know, so. 
Yeah, so I, I was just like, you know, for me, it didn't, like, cost much, like, more. But I can see if it was, like, 60 bucks and, like, you... But yeah, you no, no, I'm, I'm just bringing it up because I could totally understand, like, if somebody spent suggested retail price and they paid fifty nine ninety nine, and then you got somebody saying, oh, and then you for... For only you know five ninety nine, you know you you can play more, you know, and then maybe I I could see how somebody might be kind of miffed because of it's that. Like it, but if you just play it to the end of like the vanilla game, it's like you kind of get a happy ending almost. But then yeah, like if you play yeah. like the real ending, it's more like bittersweet, like kind of. So it's like. But, like, I'm glad, like, I loved the extra four episodes. Like, he yeah, gets to, yeah. like, a lot of, like, loose ends get tied up. You know, the the mystery of the spider, you know, he gets to settle his rivalry with Yasha, you know, and basically... I thought it was you know, weird, like it, had a, like, it had a modern Battlestar Galactica ending or something, where I'm like, oh, hey, they're all reincarnated and hanging out with Chun-Li or whatever. And yeah. Like, That's kind of kind of interesting. Well, I mean, I, I guess you could look at it this way. Like I said, I haven't played the game or anything. I'm just throwing in a, uh, like, outside observer's opinion. But uh, maybe a good way to look at it is, like, you go see Return of the Jedi, right? And the the, the ending we all know is Darth Vader throws the Emperor down the shaft, and he's like, you know, Luke, I'm your father. I love you. Give me kisses. And Luke's like, oh, Dad, you're awesome. And he goes and burns his dad for some reason. <clears throat> and that, then, that's what uh, happens when when you ask a uh, Skywalker to give you kisses; they burn you <laughs> at the fire, <laughs> burn you on the stake. And then, like, I guess you know, if for some reason they were like, you know, like, hey, if you spend eight more bucks, we got like twenty more minutes where the Emperor crawls out of the pit and he's not dead, and he like flashes his lightsaber and like you know he's flying through space and he's like, I'm gonna kill you, Luke, you son of a bitch. And, you know, it might be kind of cool. It's like, yeah, you have to pay for it, but it's kind of like an extra reward. If you like the game that much, it's it's an option. You know, it's like like Mike said, you get, you get like an ending for the game. But if you want a little bit more, if you really enjoyed it, you can spend the money. It's not mandatory. You don't have to spend the money. You know, it's just an option. I mean, I can see what you're saying, Derek. It's like, oh, well, shit, I played this whole fucking game. Now i got to get extra. But if you really enjoyed it, you know, maybe you wouldn't mind spending a little bit extra just to have like a yeah, little I, bit more story. I mean, you, know? you know, me myself, especially because I got the game for nineteen ninety nine, it didn't bug me at all to get the extra content. But I, I, you know, in 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 you know, kind of just doing a little, you know, online uh, research to reactions about that. You know, I guess when it was initially announced, you know, the reaction was not overwhelmingly positive there it yeah. was a mixed it was a mixed reaction there was some controversy over the that decision process and you know it, it led people to wonder is this going to happen more often in the future where you know yeah. say they release the latest you know amazing spider-man 2 game or the latest x-men first class game or whatever yeah, it is like, oh, and, well, and you well play you know, if you pay money for it you can play you wolverine through, versus yeah. saber tooth that saber tooth didn't show up in the whole game yeah yeah right right something like that so so, I mean, you know, to some people that's like, you know, hey, bonus, yay. And to some people it's like, what lame, it should all be on, you know, one disc or whatever. So Well, aside from, like, the actual, like, new chapters and stuff, like, they also had, like, the two, like, in-between episodes, which were, like, fully, like, hand-drawn animations of, like, sort of, like, it's what happened in between these two episodes. And then they have, yeah, like Derek said, like, a straight-up crossover battle that doesn't seem to like really fit into 
like canon or whatever of Asura meeting Ryu and Akuma and fighting them. So like both, I, I enjoyed both like both of those and or all four of those I should say and like uh, sort of like a different like I, I really enjoyed how like when you you fight Ryu and Ken at, uh, Ryu and Akuma it's like the first round you fight it like you know like a uh, 2D like sort of Street Fighter game where and then when like they go into the next round like it goes into like Asura's Wrath sort of like combat yeah yeah they they give you the the best of both franchises, I guess. Well, I, I think um, the only question I would have to hopefully maybe uh, tie it up. If not, if you guys want to talk about more, like I said, you guys actually played it, so you might have more insight. Do, do you think, like, this could possibly spawn to something like uh, Devil May Cry or, uh, you know, Resident Evil, where this could be a... a very uh, marketable character or a marketable franchise where they could be, oh, Asura's Wrath 2, hell yeah. I I hope so. I mean, when I was watching it, all I could think of was, man, if they make a Marvel versus Capcom 4, I don't care about, uh, you know, uh, Angry Joe and, and him wanting, uh, what what's that stupid librarian or lawyer guy, whatever. Like, I don't oh, care about... Oh, Phoenix Wright, yeah. Yeah, I, I could give two shits about Phoenix Wright, but if, if Asura wasn't in the next Marvel vs. Capcom, then then maybe I'd have some some angry words about, you know, character yeah. selection or whatever. Well, you know? what do you call it? They've got, like, Ultra Street Fighter Four coming out, and, like, the fifth new character hasn't been revealed yet, and they said it's someone who has never been in a Street Fighter game before. So people like Asura's, like, in the betting pool, basically. Yeah, I so think that, that, that I, I think nice. that would be great for for future fighting games, or or, I mean, or like that's... even what you're saying, you know, maybe make some kind of crazy sequel. I mean, it, it, it the game kind of wraps up pretty like definitely, but like well, sure not not really, because I think you could make a sequel with the the modern day reincarnations, probably. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like when I play Mega Man, you know, it ended pretty pretty decently, and I was like, oh, well, that was a good Mega Man game, and then Mega Man 2 came out, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I mean, they can always make sequels, they can figure out some way to do it, you know. If, if something makes money, or somebody likes it, they can make a sequel. <laughs> all in all, like, I really, like, I, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, and like, I was like, oh, a Capcom game, like, there's another, like, hook, and then I was kind of like, this, you know, this sounds like they were saying if you like DBZ or Street Fighter, you'll probably like this. So you know, I got it and I played it and I loved it and I recommended it. So you know, I, I no, and I'm I'm very happy you did because this was a very very non frustrating, super enjoyable video gaming experience for me. So I mean, I I, I definitely recommend it as well. I I like like I guess this is kind of like well not not really a spoiler but like I I just like you mentioned like how pure it is kind of and I just like the fact that like after everything when like Asura like fights the final guy and everything he's just kind of like you know above all else you know I'm pissed at you because you made my daughter cry yeah you know? that's like well I think bad. I think I think me and me and Asura have a uh, the same 
political thought, which is just basically there's always some fuckface who wants to rule the world. You know, like it's yeah. just I just love all that stuff where he's so indifferent to everyone's machinations and and scheming yeah. and everything. It just pisses him off, you know. Yeah. So I, like, I kind of love that. Even when yeah, when that guy like the Chaka Vaderin or whatever kind of says like, okay, you passed all my tests. You know, you can you can rule this world. You know, just so you know, take my hand and you know, you swear allegiance to me and you know I'll leave you alone i'll give you your daughter we'll be all you know everything will be cool and asura like you know it says like you know it says hit circle to like extend your hand yeah and he does it and he like punches the guy in the face and he was like yeah yeah fuck you man like i'm gonna beat the shit out of you now yeah i, I had that weird moment where i'm like i'm not taking your fucking hand buddy you know like <laughs> well i mean there, there's so many games out there like you know rain like the fucking rainbow six or like you know whatever tom clancy's whatever blah 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 and there's, like, you know, Black Ops and all these, like, games where you have to do strategy and you have to, like, hide and you have to, like, think. And everything. Sometimes it's just good to really beat the fuck out of things. <laughs> just just makes you happy, you know? <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass, you know? Yeah, the only thing, I, I, I don't want to end on a negative note or anything, but some of the additional episodes and, and some of the stories you actually do end up, playing as Yasha through through quite a number of episodes. And the, the only thing I told Mike was, I said, you know, I still haven't played uh, 15.5 yet. And I, I went, you know why? Because I went, man, I, I don't need to play another Yasha episode. I will say I definitely, you know, <laughs> whenever I was playing as Asura, I always felt uh, uh, more in tune and in sync with the whole atmosphere of it. But uh, again, if you if you like either of those ty- archetypical characters, you know, the kind of, um, you know, Mugen type or the, the what's his name, Jin type from from uh, Samurai Champloo, you know, it's like that. that's the kind of variance between the <laughs> is, two. Is Yasha your Julian Bashir? <laughs> no, he's not, he's not a Julian Or is he your Harry Kim? <laughs> I think, I think, no, I think Yasha is more, you know, like, I, I, it's not an insult. I mean, if I was going to equate it into Marvel terms, it'd be like the difference between, imagine you're playing Wolverine Origins, and then in the middle of it, they switched you over to Cyclops. I'm not saying, like, Cyclops is a dick or he's not a good character. He's awesome. But it's just... It's you're one of you're those already invested in one, one character, and you're like, I you know, want to play this character, you yeah. You start out drinking beer, you know, you don't switch up the hard liquor in the middle of it, or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those kind of things, where it's like, you're you're kind of in a, a set mode, and then you, you kind of shift gears just a little bit, so it's like, you're kind of like, oh, wait, like, this feels a little funny, you know, to a degree, so, it's like, yeah. I, I, I prefer playing all the, the Osura you know, yeah. most, and, and yeah. like a yeah. Mega Man game and going through the whole thing as Mega Man last level, you're like, now you're going to be Rush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yasha felt more like more like finesseful, I guess, like in, in in his attacking and stuff. So like Asura was all about like raw power and like you felt it when you like punched someone and stuff. But uh, Yasha was just kind of like you know he'd do those things where he'd like run at a guy and disappear and then reappear behind them and then like the guy would get like slashed like three times and you'd be like yeah that's yeah you know. Well, it's it's more like Yasha's you know that it's not that he's not cool. It's just he's more of the Storm Shadow type guy that's going to like hit all the weak points on the tank and make it fall apart, whereas Osura is the kind of guy who's just going to, you know, straight up be like Superman or something, go to the tank and be like, kabam, and the whole tank fucking... Yeah. Through, I, I, I guess a good like, like video game like connotation would be 
Hey, I'm Solid Snake. Solid Snake is awesome. I love Solid Snake. Oh, I gotta play as Raiden? Yeah, kinda. Yeah. That kinda works, yeah. I think they call, they they have like, on like TV tropes or whatever, I think they call this trope like Red Oni, Blue Oni, or something, where it's like there's the, you know, the fiery guy and the cool guy, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's not a bad character, it's just you get invested in one character and you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're eating, you're eating spicy nachos, and all of a sudden someone hands you a bowl of ice cream, and you're like, hey, it doesn't mean that the nachos suck or the ice cream sucks, it's just, it's funny when you have to switch it up like that. Yeah, I was eating pickles, now I'm eating pears, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I think that's an overwhelming positive, you know, from all of us at Fan Holes in regards to Asura's Wrath. And then, of course, now we're going to move on to uh, a segment which uh, longtime listeners should be familiar with. It is our awesome thing of the week segment. Um, if you're not a longtime listener and you're checking us out for the first time, this is just a segment where we like to share with the listeners, you know, something that's awesome in our world this week i grow tired of hearing about the world you know it could be something we picked up and bought it could just be a moment in time that uh that we really enjoyed um but i'll go ahead and start out with uh mr tony jackson and with his avatar of uh armored suited hawkeye from solo <laughs> avengers uh you know gazing my view um okay uh, <clears throat> i got uh two things uh one's uh my my primary, my, my other one's a secondary. I uh, picked up G.I. Joe Retaliation this week. I was talking about with the guys before we started the podcast. If you saw G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra and you're like, what the fuck is this bullshit? I We're so hate. sorry. Yeah, it was like, wow, that's not G.I. Joe. Really, it's already been out in theaters. You've probably have already seen it by the time this podcast comes out. If you have not, if you're like... Fuck it, they don't know how to do G.I. Joe. Pick up Retaliation. It will really, like, reaffirm your hope that they can do a good G.I. Joe movie. There's crazy vehicles, <clears throat> like G.I. Joe. Um, the Rock is awesome as Roblox. I don't know why he was in the first movie. <clears throat> why Roblox was in the first movie. Um, Channing Tatum dies in the first, like, ten minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really hate Duke. I'm sorry. <laughs> We again talked about this earlier. Just don't like Duke. Don't have anything against Channing Tatum, but just don't like Duke. One of my favorite G.I. Joe characters shows up, Firefly. Uh, he's played awesomely by uh, Ray Stevens. He kicks ass. Uh, they even do the uh, Snake Eyes uh, Storm Shadow thing where they like go more into their like history where Storm Shadow was disgraced because he actually did not kill his master. Zartan did. Just so much good comic stuff. They got it right. Cobra Commander is a badass. He's not fucking Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> I mean, I, I know uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a good actor. And I know he can really do good as far as acting, but he was not Cobra fucking Commander. Yeah, as far as I can say is, like, if you want a good G.I. Joe movie, totally pick up Retaliation. Is it really deep? Is it going to make you think and change your life? Fuck no. Is it really fun and a lot of explosions? Fuck yes. So, yeah, pick that up. It's a really good uh, movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, my second little, uh, I guess, extra blurb for, I don't know, I guess, uh, hopeful, hopeful, hopefulness is that... Uh, Kick-Ass 2 came out this week. I have not seen it yet. I really enjoyed Kick-Ass, the uh, first one. I'm going to go see it this coming week. 
and I'm really excited for it because I really like Kick-Ass, and I thought it was a good movie. So hopefully Kick-Ass 2 will hold up on its promises. There's been a lot of good buzz. People say, you know, at the very worst, it's a good sequel. It's not a shitty sequel. So hopefully it will hold up to, like, at least the same tone as the original Kick-Ass with a different director. So that's, uh, yeah, that's my two awesome things. Cool, very cool. And then, of course, I'm also uh, looking at the uh, Hawkeye avatar of Clint Barton, and this is on uh, Mike's screen, so why don't you tell us what your uh, awesome thing is while Hawkeye is telling me that he's great at boats, Mike. <laughs> well, I got two things, too. Um, speaking of movies, uh, I saw Elysium this week. Uh, with Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Cash grab. <laughs> yeah. No, it was okay. I mean, it was an okay movie. Um, it's the same guy who did District Nine. Um, I think I liked District Nine better, and its its immigration uh commentary was more was a little more subtle, I guess, but. Uh, you know, it was good. Like I, I like the guy. The guy clearly is into like video games, and like the director is clearly into like certain video games and sci-fi tropes. And like you see a lot of influence from like a lot of first-person shooters and stuff like that. Did, did he do Gamer too? Um, I don't know actually. I I should look into that. But I, all I know is he did District Nine too. And like I saw a lot of Halo tropes in like District Nine and stuff. So in in this one, like I saw a lot of like actually like the the Elysium itself. It, it, the inside of like Elysium, which is like a colony like up up in space where like all the rich people live. It kind of reminded me of like the colonies from like Gundam, like the like internal, like how they like kind of curve up along the walls and stuff. Like and like, I don't know, a bunch of like uh, sci-fi and like anime tropes and like influences. I saw. It seemed, it seemed like like at least from the trailers I saw, it just reminded me a whole lot of uh, Battle Angel Alita. Like, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, a lot of people say that it's very similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good comparison too. And like, but you know, it, it was okay. I mean, Matt Damon was, you know, he, I, I think he's an okay actor, and he did a good, like, a good enough job. The only, I guess, the only criticism I had is the guy who played a Wickus, the main character in District Nine. Like, he plays a bad guy in this, and like, I totally can't take him seriously as a bad guy because he's like, you know, the way he talks with that like South like African like a- accent where he's like, "I'm gonna get you," like, yeah, like I'm gonna get you. The little kid, in you. I'm gonna like. He's like, I always wanted a wolf. Like, maybe I'll get, I'll take you and your little kid. You know, I don't know. It's, it's weird, like weird, weird <laughs> action. man, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's like a South African, like English accent. I don't know, but like, it's just what for whatever reason, I I just couldn't take him like that seriously. But but in whatever case, that was enjoyable. Um, was it worth worth the twelve bucks? Yeah, yeah, I, I I would say it looked very. I saw it in IMAX, so it was it was very visually stunning and whatnot and what have you. Oh, very but, pretty, uh, <laughs> very, very pretty. But uh, um, my other awesome thing this week is uh, I got Marvel Legends uh, Scarlet Spider, uh, the the new one, which is based on like his current look in the comics, where you know where he's Kane and whatnot, and uh, I think it's a very good like Marvel Legend, like uh, it's a it's a repaint of the big time like Spider Man mold, which has previously been like I think they did like the Winter Green version and then the Future Foundation of it, but yeah. like. 
it's yeah, a very it's, it's a very a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good Spider-Man mold. Like it seems very like I guess like optimized for like web like swinging poses and stuff. I, <laughs> yeah, I thought you said you were you're upset they didn't have like Kane fist punching action. Yeah, I, I was like I wish they kind of remolded his like twip hand for like uh like maybe a clenched sort of palm so he can do like Mark of Kane like posing and stuff. But you know, minor gripe. Like it's still. He's a very good figure, and, like, speaking of, like, Hawkeye, like, I guess, like, I was going to get Hawkeye, too, but he's still, like, 20-something bucks on Amazon, and, like, it's the the current, like, sort of ultimate-slash-movie-styled Hawkeye with the glasses and whatnot, and I, I was like, I kind of would prefer if he was just wearing, like, a t-shirt and jeans, so he'd be, like, the comic, you know, Hawkeye currently, but, you know... You know, you'd really prefer if he had giant sunglasses and armored gauntlets. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, well, the variant is like his, 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 I guess what they call his heroic age costume, like the costume he wore in like Hawkeye and Mockingbird. So, I mean, I want that version more, but I'll probably just end up getting this version too for the hell of like just for getting a Hawkeye, you know. So, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure eventually we'll we'll find some you know, normal price versions on uh, Amazon or Hasbro Toy Shop or something like that. Sure to pop up. So those are my things. Cool, cool. Um, I've got a couple things this week. Normally I try to keep it to to limited to one thing, but this is also kind of uh, semi-promotional for for some of our friends and, uh, you know, past guests on the podcast and stuff. Um, I just wanted to say that I've been supporting some Kickstarters from some folks like uh, Rob Kelly, who was on one of our past shows, who uh, you know does the Ace Kilroy comic strip. So I, I supported his latest Kickstarter, and uh, not too long ago, you know, I guess my reward for you know supporting the the level of Kickstarter that I supported was I, I got a digital copy of Ace Kilroy season two. Um, so so I'm I'm very happy to uh, to have that, you know, uh, at my beck and call to read and reread, you know, whensoever I choose. So I, I just wanted to give a shout out to him. You know, if you still want to check out Ace Kilroy, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, comic strip by, uh, Rob Kelly and Dan O'Connor. And you can see that at, uh, acekilroy.com. It's, uh, A-C-E-K-I-L-R-O-Y.com. And then, uh, another Kickstarter I supported, um, are from the guys over at the Swass Adventures and uh, Hero Envy Blogspot. Um, it's a Reckless Sidekick Productions, and uh, I supported one of their Kickstarters for their print copy of the uh, Hero Envy trade paperback, and that's, I guess, a, a group of guys who, um, I, you know, it's kind of like they're personified versions of themselves you know, as superheroes, and they have their own uh, trade paperback that they uh, were uh, trying to get published, you know, via Kickstarter. So, again, I I supported the digital version of it. You know, that's the level I I contributed to. And so I I received all four issues of that, which is what the trade paperback would be, uh, you know, comprised of, and then the little extras and everything. So those were sent to me as PDFs, and uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out to those guys. You could find those guys over at... uh, www.heroenv.com and if you go to their Hero Envy store you too can get you know some of those trade paperbacks that I'm mentioning and then uh, I guess my final awesome thing of the week I know it's crazy I've got so many awesome things um, I, I went to a, uh, a toy and comic show up in San Jose today 
And, uh, you know, the main, I guess, draw, the main attraction was, uh, you know, John Saxon of, uh, you know, Enter the Dragon fame and, uh, for, for me, of Nightmare on Elm Street fame. I mean, you know, I'm sure you all remember him from, uh, you know, Battle Beyond the Stars and uh, as the Nazi guy, Captain uh, Radel in Wonder Woman. Of course you don't. But that's okay. I do. <laughs> I remember but, Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's like, remember the bad guy from Battle Beyond the Stars? I totally met him today. Um, but yeah, like uh, uh, you know, John Saxon was there. I picked out a really cool uh, photo that he had from Nightmare on Elm Street, where he's he's pulling his big gun on uh, Rod Lane. If you remember that scene in Elm Street, where he's like, "All right, get up, back away," you know, and all that stuff. So it's it's this really cool shot of him with his his hand cannon. You know, and um, and, you know, so I got his autograph there and then, you know, I did a couple rounds and found a couple, uh, you know, reasonably priced uh, Marvel Legends to add to my collection. So uh, all that stuff was pretty awesome. It was a fun day. And uh, yeah, so I guess that kind of wraps up the show for tonight. You know, those were our awesome things of the week. Um, also, um, I guess we should mention that, uh, our latest episode that was posted, um, was, uh, Fanhole's episode 79, The Sexy Adventures of Grown-Up Sindel and Brimleybot, and, uh, we just wanted to give a shout-out because we got a nice comment from, uh, Mr. Tom Spielman, a regular listener, our biggest fan, um, over on the Facebook. Um, he mentions that this episode was terrific. Personally, I think Abrams' particular style will work really, really well in the Star Wars universe, and I'm excited as anyone to see a standalone movie or two. So that is the comment he left us. I, I was kind of tickled that he thought the episode was terrific. Um, we hope you think all the episodes are terrific, but if, if you think uh, uh, a certain one stands out, you know we're always happy to hear that. So thanks for the uh, comment on Facebook, Tom. And, uh, you know, everybody else, thanks for the likes and everything. If you want to send us some emails, uh, you can send us emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. But uh, until the next time, uh, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. I'm Mike, and I don't fight for good, and I don't fight for evil. I just fight. And this is Tony Chainclaw. I don't know why, but now I have six arms. I want to punch shit. That's the way to do it.